All right, I'm well, just saying that for your sake. I look great. Welcome to Overthinking Episode 6, where we take fun, interesting ideas, overanalyze them, and run them to their logical conclusions, all in the name of exploration, education, and most importantly, entertainment. Uh, I'm Luke. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and I'm Devin. <laughs> and uh, besides messing up, we don't claim to be experts in any of the topics discussed here today. We simply find these ideas interesting as we hash them out in real time. Get ready to join us in this exciting, fun, crazy ride to nowhere. This week, we are in the city-state of Ur, hanging out with some Sumerian priests. Ancient Mesopotamia, kind of a cool feel. I don't want to stay here long. They don't have good food. What? I never... Ur? I thought this. I thought Ur was something in Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, well, it might be, but Ur is also like the first established city-state of the human race. So. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, maybe I'm just getting confused with that. Yeah, we're in the first city ever, bro. Well, I'm glad I have what I have then. I have a mysterious clear liquid to drink today. Oh, I usually ask you. And... I got ahead of it. I just I me- I'm just messing up the intro today. <laughs> I got distracted with some technical things on my end. That mysterious l- clear liquid is likely alcoholic, given Luke's mannerisms. It's actually not alcoholic. Wow. Because I'm, I was, I I'm was, going dry. I was filming an excuse for you, bro. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to come clean because I'm doing. I'm not. Let's see for the next month. Probably, oh, probably for I got you. You're doing a... a I'm use, doing it. I'm going we talked dry. about that. Yeah. Yeah, we already talked about that. That's right. You're such a great friend. You remembered. Well, I mean, we <laughs> recorded that. the person who remembers so. nothing um, of any of our conversations <laughs> ever. Um, but of course, of course, we're here to talk about thought experiments of philosophy and all that fun stuff. But we got to warm up our brains, Devin, right? And we got to first enter into Secrets Uncovered. <laughs> created a sound effect why do you still make them yourself <laughs> it, i don't know i just like it okay it's fun stop begrudging me of my fun devin so do you have a secrets uncovered for today devin sure i i mean this is kind of just a fun story okay. so yeah um have you ever seen those like political typology quizzes like online and stuff yeah yeah well i i tried to take one and i couldn't take one um you couldn't take one i like it it totally failed me bro because it failed you how do you fail no no it failed me i didn't fail the quiz oh (laughs) oh it failed you okay (laughs) yeah um like i couldn't bring myself to answer one of the questions because i didn't like any of the responses because they were both too extremist and i was like no like i don't i i can't say that i agree with one of those more than the other because they're both objectively wrong like Wow. So, and I wonder, so, I've never actually done that. It was kind of fun because, like, if you look back at it and you try to be objective, it's like, okay, so actually that probably did tell me my political views because yeah. they can't be typed out on a quiz because I'm not leaning too strong to one side. Exactly. Like, that is yeah. hilarious that you bring that up because literally I had a talk, I had a con- like a two hour long conversation about politics today. Oh, fun. Yeah. We, we uh, haven't done that on the show yet. No, we have it because we're not gonna get it. We're not really gonna get anywhere with it, really. I don't feel. Um, but I, was, have we talked about how we don't want to talk about it? Is that yes, came up? I'm pretty sure. Yes, I'm pretty sure <laughs> that we have both said um, that we don't want to talk about it. But it was very. I just don't have anything to contribute. Me neither. I don't care enough. <laughs> I realized. So I was. So I was on this conversation, right? And this person I was talking to. Well, there's two people, right? 
Um, one cares a lot about politics, like very, very much, very active. The other cares, but not nearly as much. I'm sitting there talking with them about like how I just don't care about politics and they were not happy with that. And then I realized I was like thinking about it. I'm like, I just don't care. And I realized I'm like, what do I care more? And I realized I care more about how to properly cut an onion than I care about actually being engaged in politics. (laughs) Like I'm not joking. And I, I know realized, you're not joking. That's why I'm laughing. <laughs> <laughs> and I realized, though, I'm like, that's where I... And I realized, I'm like, okay, I shouldn't make that my identity. That's where I'm at. And as I grow as a person, I will I will grow and develop political views. But I don't have any. They're like, what do you think about this and this? And this? I'm like, I don't know. Like, surely you're against this. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm against that or not. Um, so it's very interesting oh, to me... I'm in a very different position than that. Really? Because it's like, I recognize the value and importance of politics. I think that like contributing members of society should study the stuff. Right. I see the value but in it. But... I don't, I haven't taken that time to where I can feel like I can make an informed decision. Yeah. So I, I have opinions and I'm, I even have some pretty strong opinions, but I don't feel that like I can justify them. Yeah. Well, I have like, emotional opinions. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. I, I haven't done the research. Yeah. I don't know exactly. how damaging my perspective actually would be. Right. Like, well, exactly. Yeah. And there's so many cases where I thought one thing and then it turned out that that wasn't like that. Like it wasn't good. Later right. on, I'm glad, I'm glad I didn't vote that way. Um, right. So how long is this political test? Oh, it seems too long. I was thinking of doing it live, but oh, did it's you like just six find pages one? long. Yeah, no, I, I'm not I don't know how long the one I found was. But, but this is this is like it looks like like the official one. It's the first one that shows up on Google. There's no such thing as an official one. The thing that I, I learned know. a long time ago is that like when they're any test that's designed to determine your like political biases, yeah, the tests cannot be designed in a way where they are unbiased. So right. they will always lean you towards one direction. Yeah, of course. Um, regardless of your Even actual this one. Views. Yeah, this one is very clearly liberal. Like the right, one that exactly. shows up first. It's so... The language is so volatile. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, it's so charged. It's like... It's foolish to be proud. Like, who talks like this? this is- okay, so maybe they just, like... Maybe they're just stereotyping liberals in general, and they're like, if you're a liberal, you're going to agree with this. Like, no, it, no, it looks like they're making fun. It looks like it doesn't. It looks The reason I said it's liberal because it looks like it's making fun of stereotypes of conservatives. Mm. Got that's it. what I'm saying. Is that, that's what it looks like to me, at least. Oh, and here's one from Vox, of course, the, <laughs> the most left-wing. Okay, that was mine. It's your turn. What's your secret uncovered? Oh, my secret uncovered? <laughs> Honestly, it was kind of that. Um... Just like, oh, that's what it was. It was the realization of kind of of how other people come to decisions. I was so I was thinking about this the other day. I was watching a game show, something where they had three options and they knew nothing about each option. So basically it was like a trivia test and there's three is a tr- uh, multiple choice, there's three options. And there was, I think, three people, and none of them had any informed idea about the answer. So no one had a clear grasp of the answer, of the context around it, and they all chose different answers. And that fascinated me because, to me, it seems like, it seems logical to me that as human beings, 
we would gravitate towards one thing, like using using logic, being like, okay, like this one makes the most sense. Because I did that along with them. I'm watching. I'm like, well, like take even though I know nothing about this either, based on the question, based on like the content, the content of this answer, this one seems like it's the most likely. And that everyone else picked different ones was interesting to me. And then, of course, moving into today, when I'm talking to someone about how they make choices, it was oh, it kind of clicked. I was like, oh, there's so much that goes into a decision. And I knew this already. I just wasn't thinking about it. But it came to clarification that there's so there's like there's too much that goes into a decision that we don't even realize why we make a decision or not. And my immediate thought was well how do we quantify like how 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 on earth do we start even start to understand how people make decisions um and to me there's like no clear way there's no way to actually understand how people make decisions because even the person themselves don't understand why they're making these decisions so i'm going to i'm going to add on to that with just like a really interesting study that's been done that Okay. I've heard quoted many times, and I could probably find if I was pressed to. Mm-hmm. Um, but the study was done where an actor mm-hmm. walking in a busy, crowded street um, walks up to 200 people, same actor, and asks each of the people in the exact same way, can you hold this for a second, hands them a cup of coffee, takes something out of their pocket, takes the coffee back. Does the same exact thing, same exact manner systems, identically... Yeah. To all 200 people. Right. But 100 of them, he handed a hot coffee. And 100 of them, he handed a cold coffee. Okay. 45 minutes later, another actor walks up to these people and says, Hey, I'm doing a study. For $10, would you read three paragraphs for me and then answer three questions? Most people take it. Um, mm-hmm. There's almost a perfect correlation. It's so tightly knit. 80% of the people who were handed the hot coffee would describe the main character of the story as warm and compassionate. And 80% of the people who were handed the cold coffee would describe the main character as cold and distant Mm -hmm. when they read the same story. And, like, this is, like, a stunning example of how our, like, circumstances prime us for perceiving the world in a dramatically different way when we were literally given the same stimulus and asked the same question about it. It is interesting, isn't it? That's what I'm talking about. So, like, and it's so much beyond that, right? Like, every single, like, there's just so many connections that go into one single thought. It just fascinates me. And so, like, and that's why I think that it's also, I was thinking about, um, like, viral, um, like, ad campaigns. And how different products and different things will go viral. And how people try to create it. But that almost always falls flat on their face. Like very rarely, like well, I say that like very. They're like for all of the ad campaigns and for all of the products and like marketing strategies that try to mimic others that have gone viral or try to predict trends. Very so very few of them actually succeed. There's a few companies that are terrifyingly good at doing it consistently. What? Which? Um, which ones? Um, have you seen the commercials for like Purple Mattress? Yes, they're one. Okay. Yep. So they're, well, they're not smart. one. The marketing company 
that does it for purple. Well, exactly. That's it's what, consistently yeah. good at creating viral videos really? for all sorts of different industries. They are okay. scary good. Um, and so they've they've they haven't just like captured fire but they've figured out how to recreate it and they're consistent and um they wrote a book on marketing that's terrible but uh, it was just the like really oh like top of the final type of a thing for something they were doing that wasn't very good um like the book itself wasn't good i don't know about the rest of it but the company itself is terrifyingly consistent at making viral ad campaigns huh. That's interesting. I, I, I mean, yeah. I guess, I guess, I mean, there, ha- there would have to be one company that does it. I found, so I found a better, I found a better political study. Um, Ooh, I'm on question okay. 10 of 17. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, but the thing is, one, the problem is they're asking one of two questions. And so it's obvious which question leads to which side. The interesting thing about this, though, is I'm not consistent. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I've known. You're I've always a human known. being. So no, I'm so, and that's always the problem. So like, I'm. I was talking with them about being about being registered as nonpartisan, and they were they were like, "What?" They're like, "No, you can't be nonpartisan. You have to make your decision, and you have to influence, you know, the choices as early as possible." And I went, "But I don't belong to one side." On one hand, like even if you, regardless, like even if you just stick with, you know. Um, Liberal, um, what what the two, uh, liberal and conservative, or Republican Democrat? Those are the two parties. But if you even just stick with those two parties, regardless of all the you know the other you know the other main parties, even then I'm like, well, I don't stand on one side though. I'm like, oh, what about this? And what about this? And what about this? No, and what about I, this? So I'm I like, think voting party is more dangerous than just not. Voting. It is so dangerous, and I said I'm like that is a huge breach of democracy is voting by party, um, because you're not voting for the best candidates or the best ideas. Um, right. You're voting for an agenda, and that's so dangerous. Um, Especially, like, when it comes down to, like, state and, like, county, and you're voting for specific laws to be passed, and you're like, oh, I have to vote this because of party, and, like, well, you're voting for a specific law. What if what if you don't agree with that law, but it's your party? Like, this yeah. is sketch to me like <laughs> i don't know i don't know but anyway um so that's i mean that's a that's <laughs> that's as far as i think that's as most, the most political we're gonna get <laughs> um so devin you have a lot of great questions to ask i think our i brains, have a few you have a lot i have a few you better have a lot <laughs> I have a, we need I have this podcast to hit our runtime um <laughs> Well, you just better have really long, confusing answers that give me the opportunity to make fun oh, of you. You know that's what I'm best at, Devin. I'm best <laughs> at long tangents that lead nowhere. <laughs> that's my superpower. Okay. Um, okay, the first one. I'm gonna give you the. I'm gonna give you the thought experiment, and after I hear your response, I'm gonna explain to you where it came from because I think that'll be the most entertaining way to do this. Okay. Okay. So. Uh, farmer is concerned because he doesn't think his cow is in the field. Okay. Okay. Uh, so he goes out to check and he sees the distance about 20 acres, whatever one direction of acre is off. Uh He sees his cow in the field. He's like, Mm -hmm. okay, my cow's in the field. Um, at this moment, the farmer believes the cow is in the field because he's seen the cow in the field. Later in the day, he goes out to find where the cow was 
and he sees that what he saw that he thought was the cow was actually just a sheet of white, like, um, maybe like a bed sheet or something that was stuck on a branch. Okay. But next to the stream in, in the field is his cow. So he had justified reason for believing that his cow was in the field when he thought he saw it. And his cow was actually in the field. The question, before he went out there, when he just saw in the distance, did he know the cow was in the field? Okay, I think there's two layers to this. One is that him knowing doesn't change the fact that of, of the reality, right? Right. So his knowledge... The cow was in the field regardless. Exactly. So that yeah. doesn't impact that at all. Um, so on one hand, it doesn't matter what he knows because... The re the it was still there to be real. I would think I th- I think this is when it, when we need to defy knowledge. Is knowledge based on I mean because if we're defining knowledge I mean so in this in this circumstance the two the two different ways to define knowledge would be knowing something that conforms with reality. Or sorry, I'm using the word no in the definition of knowledge. <laughs> in um. I don't even know how do you how do you define knowledge without using the word no. Um, I would say understanding, having a memory experience, having having thoughts that conform to reality, having a thought about reality that actually conforms to reality would be oh my gosh what did you do to me Devin? you broke me um by the way this quiz is broken um it won't let me get my answer uh which is really understandable. are you sure it doesn't just want an email first oh no it wants me to click a button yeah oh there we go okay i'm not sharing that with the public uh (laughs) (laughs) i no that sounds i was about to make a luke's anarchist i I know i was gonna make a terrible (laughs) joke and i'm like no, no 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 that's not a good joke to make um so, if we're defining, if you have a thought that isn't conforming with, with reality, and we're defining that as knowledge, then yes, he would know that the cow was in the field because what he thought was actually real. Whereas, if we're, to, if we're, if we're defining knowing as something you've experienced, you, you experience something and then that, because you, you experience it, no, wait, Devin, help me out. I'm, <laughs> I'm wallowing. I'm, I'm going to give you another, I'm going to give you another puzzle. Okay. 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 Um, and I, I, I do have a point and I'm going to get there, but this right, is really you just want, me. You just want me to wallow first, of course you yeah. do. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, um, you're curious what time it is. Okay. And as you're walking down the hall, you look up at a old fashioned clock. Mm-hmm. And the clock says that it is 3.35. Okay. Okay. So you now have justified reason to believe it's 3.35, right? Mm-hmm. And in actuality, it is 3.35. But what you don't know is that that clock's been broken for two years. And it always says 3.35. So as you walk down the hall believing it's 3.35 and it actually is 3.35, do you know that it's 3.35? I think that, I think that one's more clear for me is that, yes, you do know. Um, Because you don't know that you don't know. Okay. But if you had walked down the hall two minutes later, you would now believe it's 335 by all the same reasonings, and you would be wrong. At this point, would you know that it's 335? 
Okay, this is confusing my definition to know. Because um, <laughs> then it's like, what does it mean to know something? Does it mean to have the truth in your mind? Um, does it mean that your thought processes happen to align with reality? Like, does it mean that, like, I'm thinking more on like a mathematical level, like, you know, two plus two equals four. That's a more of an abstract knowledge. What does it mean to know? Do you know what epistemology is? Yes. It's your, it's your toolbox, right? Of things that you know. Epistemology is like how we know what we know. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's, Sorry, the, yeah. it's the study that's of how I, how I, I know what I, I know. I heard it defined right. as it's, it's your toolbox that you carry around with you. So, um, epist- like the, the weird thing with epistemology is that it presupposes that we have an agreed definition of what it means to know. Right. Um, and we don't. Uh, so... These problems, the two problems I just gave you are two examples of what are known as Gettier problems. Gettier? Uh, Gettier. Okay. So for hundreds of years, we kind of agreed that knowledge could be defined as justified true belief. Okay. If I believe something that happens to be true and I'm justified in my reason for believing it, then I have knowledge of that thing. Okay. Okay. Gettier proposed these problems and several others as -hmm. examples of how that's not sufficient because you can have justified true belief where what got you there was actually flawed and in that point Gettier would project that you don't have knowledge because in a very similar Mm -hmm. situation it would have led you down the wrong path and then you would believe something that it was false um which just was his way of pointing out justified true belief isn't sufficient for knowledge. Um, okay. And uh, this has been more or less accepted. The, the, one, the one place where people will kind of argue against it still is, mm-hmm. well, how do we know that's not just a perspective of what you thought was justified actually wasn't? Yeah. And well, right. and also, could you, and also justified true belief, we, we, I don't think we've gone through this yet. Um, from my understanding is that that's like a personal, it's, it's personally, you decide that your belief is true, right? No, no, um, that, that wouldn't be how knowledge would be defined here in this context. I'm talking about justified um, true belief that that phrase, because you use that right. to help yep. define knowledge. Yeah. Well, justified true belief is probably not knowledge, but it's close. Yeah. Um, so yeah. true is objectively true mm-hmm. in this context. Yeah. So two plus two equals four. That's an objective truth. Um, Luke, you're in Texas right now? Yeah. That's an objective truth. Yeah, so. I guess so my like, my totally, knowledge totally of you being in Texas, Yeah. you just told me it. Yeah. So I now believe it yeah. from a justified source, right. and it's true. Yeah. So for hundreds of years, philosophers would say, I know that you are in Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I get your problem would represent that everything I just said is still valid, but you lied to me because you're like on your way here to surprise me. <laughs> right? This is all green screen. <laughs> I'm driving right now. <laughs> you, you see my point though? Like, yeah. um, I would, so the, the subjective part is justified. Like right. if the way that I got to my true belief feels justified to me, 
then I would claim that I knew it. Mm-hmm. But from a passive bystander, do I actually know it? Um, I think, yeah, I think the difference, I think when it comes to knowledge, I think the big difference for me, the difference between that and truth, because they're two, I mean, truth is like we discussed earlier, right? Is the objective reality of reality, right? Truth yeah. doesn't change based on our perceptions. Right. Um, so like we can, so if whether the clock is broken or not, that doesn't change the truth of the time that, you know, right. that exactly how we define time. Um, Whereas knowledge, I think, what I was trying to get at is, is that I think the difference between that is it's more personal, it's experience. So if I'm seeing, if I'm seeing the clock, um, and I, and the clock, I mean, to, to be honest, if I saw the clock and it's not the second hand wasn't moving, I'd know it would be broken. Well, what if it didn't um, have a second hand? Okay, fine. If I waited a minute and the minute hand didn't move. Okay, but um, would you wait a minute no. while you're walking down the hall? <laughs> no. It's like... Um, no second hand. Okay, fine, whatever. Um, <laughs> but see, so if, if I'm walking the clock, it's like, oh, like, I have no reason to detrust that. Right. And usually clocks are accurate. So to my personal, tr- like the, the, way, the way that I see the, what I, my perception of the truth, I think that's my knowledge, is my perception of the truth. Because my knowledge, I think my knowledge can change. I can add knowledge. I can subtract knowledge. You know, if I find out that I'm wrong about something, I can take that and go, no, I was wrong. I'm going to take that out of my, you know, epistemology. Because I think knowledge is really just experience that we have encoded. It's interesting. I don't think that I agree with that, but I, I like oh, really? it. Yeah. Well, what would you say then? Um, I would. So, I think the way that we go about like learning and a- acquiring knowledge can be pretty subjective and pretty experiential. Yes. But it's almost like a defining point in epistemology. This tends to be the classical defining point. Um, if you believe something that isn't true, you don't have knowledge. Wait, um, sorry, say that again? If you don't... If, if you believe something that is not true, if you, believe you do not have knowledge. something that is not true, you do not... Really? So, like, what? my route of acquiring knowledge might be pretty subjective and experiential, but it's only knowledge if it's a knowledge of truth. Well, you're and saying that truth and knowledge are, are identical, ex- No, no. Truth is completely independent of our understanding of it. Our understanding of truth is knowledge. Our understanding. So our best understanding. Would you, but would you say then collectively? Like, would you say then that if two people were viewing the clock, like, obviously, that would, if two people view the clock at two different times or you viewed the clock at two different times, then obviously that would give you a very clear idea of whether that was working or not. Um, but in things that are more nuanced, such as two people looking out into the field, that just because there's two people looking doesn't mean that they'll both – They'll both see a cow or they both won't see a cow, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I made it personal to use because regardless of how many people say this is knowledge, that doesn't change truth. So therefore, knowledge has to be personal. So I like that you say therefore and there was nothing deductive. Um, <laughs> 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 But um, uh, no, 
your knowledge is personal, okay. but it's the level of knowledge. So let, let's like put it onto like a subject matter. Okay. Um, two plus two equals four. Yeah. That's truth. I know that. Mm-hmm. I have knowledge of it. Um, you believe two plus two equals three. You're wrong. You do not have knowledge in this specific topic. Um, okay. I teach you two plus two equals four. You've gained knowledge in this field. Okay, okay, I, I'm 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 com- I'm combining I'm combining that into my into my earlier definition. Um, okay. Okay. Yeah, I think when it comes to objective, but the problem is that it's objective because that's base ten, you know. Um, <laughs> right. That's a fair point. Right. So that's and that's the thing when it comes like. Nothing is really that subjective. Is that you can always like it's base ten, but what if you, you know, move into another base and it gets? Oh, that's fine though. Like modular arithmetic is still right. consistent. In it's still its consistent, yeah. And I guess in math, that's the one thing um, that is consistent because I dare I say I'm not going to say it again. Last time I said that math isn't real, and then I got a reaction. <laughs> I'm not going to say those words again. I, I have a de- I have a degree in mathematics. Oh, so, I know. Like, you degree, tell me math isn't degree real. Isn't like, real. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, it's um, is it ab- is abstract the best word to use? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's abstract. Yeah, like mathematical symbols and concepts are right. abstract ideas. Exactly. The abstract objects. So therefore, they're what we make. I mean, oh boy, I've mm-hmm. done. I and I used to. And I, I'm so upset because I used to know all this stuff when it came to math and all of like, especially like with all. The, I mean, all the practical math and all the philosophy around math. I've completely lost. Um, Unfortunately, I don't know why I just completely disappeared um, to the point of I can't even help my younger siblings anymore uh, with their math questions. I can. It's, it's so sad. I'll, I'll call you up next time then. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think. But with things that, with things that aren't abstract, then that doesn't. Then then it is personal. It's basically just experience. So that's like, that's the distinction between experience and knowledge is. Knowledge is with truth and experience is with like your own personal history, right? Um, and that they're not on a, they're not completely separatable. Like um, my experience was like as to the level that I can trust my memory is true, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I guess actually where truth becomes more important is more with abstract ideas. I think that's right because um, yeah. like morality. Right. Well, exactly. Is abstract, right? Right. Um, like philosophy is abstract. Um, belief systems, the things that yeah. become incredible, the things that like people argue and kill people over, yeah. are pretty uh, almost universally abstract ideas. Yeah. Yeah. Right, and that's that's interesting, right? I concur. Right. Hey, yay! Oh, I have um, no idea what we settled on, but uh, I think I won for once. I, I, yeah, I mean, let's let the record show that um, we just we just proved what truth is, and so all of the philosophers all over the world who've been debating this for hundreds of years <laughs> listen to our podcast. We figured it out. Yes, I mean, come on, we knew this would happen. Like, it took us five episodes to get here. That's kind of shameful. Six episodes. Yeah, I know, right? I mean, last episode with when Dean was on, I wanted to figure everything out in an hour if he would have stayed around another 20 minutes we would have done it <laughs> <laughs> i knew that should have gone on longer no that should not no it did not need to go on longer um no we'll, we'll have him back on and we'll have more discussions about that uh which if you missed it listen to last week's podcast it was quite the interesting one 
There was, it was, I, uh, it I, got I, heated. It got it a got little heated. I got a little, <laughs> I got a little um, excited, I should say, um, about my passions and ideas. Um, but that's all behind us now. Everything is cool and chill and I am relaxed in a sea of tranquility. Until um, I bring it back up. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but okay. So yeah, so I think that's an, an interesting thing to see about knowledge. Cool. Um, that, that was like. One of one of the questions I have, I, I just didn't know how long any of these would take, but yeah. I I feel like that was a good wrap up point for that. Yeah, question. Yeah, that was that was a good wrap up. So you want to do another one? Yeah, let's do another one. All right. Have you? Do you know the story of like the ship of Thesis? Yep. Oh yeah. Okay. So I just want to modify it slightly. Okay. Because like well, if you so already quick, know, quick explanation: ship of Theseus. If you're driving a ship, if Theseus has a ship and it keeps on replacing all the boards at the end of the at the end of the ride. Is it still the ship of Theseus, even though they're all new materials? Boom. Right. Um, it becomes an even more interesting question if you also let the story end with Theseus giving the ship away. <laughs> but that changes the question. Oh. <laughs> huh. But um, in that, like, it's because you're already familiar with it, I don't want to ask you your classical reasoning. Um, but okay. I am curious. I think I would know your answer. Would you say it's still the ship of Theseus? Yeah, because it's abstract. Okay. Ownership, ownership over materials is abstract. Okay, so um, if he let, duplicated let's put it, in a different then perspective. there'd be the cla- there be then he would own two ships, you know. <laughs> so let's uh, let's put that in like a different context. Let's say that um, let's say there's a band with seven band members yeah. and they're touring for fourteen years, and every year they replace a different band member. Yeah. So fourteen years later, not only is none of the original band members there. But none of the second string band members are there. No, is it the same band? No, I would say, and that's so that that's hitting me on a okay. So I'm actually rethinking my original answer because on one hand, let's if if we go back to the original one, I want to start there because I think my mind, I thought about it, I thought about it for longer than a split second. Um, Okay. Well, because I I, I've always thought this, so now I'm rethinking the way I think, right? Okay. And so. And in the abstract, if you're talking about ownership, you're like, yes, that is still the ship of Theseus. Boom. Easy. Like, no one would disagree. But if I were part of this, and this is what the band changed because you made it into something real that I could experience. If I'm a seaman on the ship or I'm Theseus, then I would say, no, it's not the same ship. It's a completely different ship. You know, everything, everything about it, everything about it is different. Even though, like, even though you might try to get the most identical pieces, even though you might try to replace it identically, it's still, it's still different. It's a completely different ship, right? Right? So that, I mean, bringing that, so that's where the, I think the band brings it to reality, is I know bands who have changed out just the lead singer, and they suck now, and I don't listen to them. Because, and in my mind, no, there's two different bands. They might go by the same name. But that doesn't change the reality of of the music that that was created. So it's the output yeah. is different, therefore, the, it's not the same. Okay, um, I love that answer. I like that you brought it back to the ship. Um, you. Do you remember when we were talking about teleportation? Oh no. Um, yes. <laughs> and one of the distinctions that I made was if it's Recreating with the same atoms versus different atoms. Yes. And you said it shouldn't matter, but you just said it's a completely different ship. You're right. I did say that. Hmm? Interesting. Right now? Okay. Let's wait. Okay. 
The argument remind me the so the teleportation. Yeah. It was that. Oh, you take apart. Oh, that's right. Okay, I remember now. Um, I was a bit confused by the question. It was that if you take your atoms, disassemble them, then put them over on a, a different place, then reassemble them using those exact same atoms, is it different than using different atoms? Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. Because I still think that it's the same. Because it's an anatomical, it's on the atom level. I would say, okay, okay. I think the difference, okay, here's the difference. If the ship of Theseus, is, if, it was, if it was changed to say that, let's say um, I was off. Let's say I own this ship. I wasn't on the ship, and I had no idea that they made changes, and they replaced everything. But it's om- it looks identical. Like, there's no, like, there's, you can't find a change, right? Then I would never know. So then I would still call it the same thing because there's no practical way to actually tell the difference. Um, the, I think the difference with the musicians is that there's an easy practical way to tell the difference. Um, so it can't be called the same because it, anybody who looks at the first one and looks at the second one would say that they're different. Cool. Um, with the with the teleportation, if you showed someone, if you showed me, if you showed me with disassembled atoms and me with the same atoms, there would be no practical difference. So that's what I'm saying is that. Based on our ability to tell the difference, um, that's the only way we can decide if something's the same or not. Because there's no okay. other way to decide if something's the same as if we can't measure difference. I, I think in that explanation, I would argue that um, you're only probably right in that if we use different atoms that you wouldn't see a difference. You're only probably I mean, we right. don't know yet because we don't right. know the science behind that. <laughs> um, but I, I am going to point out, and I really, I really like this. I'll, like, I asked you three questions. And you changed your own mind three times. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I would say, well, I think I definitely changed well, my mind twice. It's just digging into it deeper, yeah. right? And putting different scenarios on it because I was because I was thinking because because there's two ways. I mean, I guess with a thought experiment, I tend to go very practical because that's my mind. Is that when you give me something abstract, I make it practical. So like <laughs> when you're talking about recreating a ship, I take that abstract thought, I make it practical. I'm going here's a board. I'm going to replace it with a different board. I can tell the difference between those two boards because no board is the exact same no matter how good machinery is. If we have good enough instruments, we can tell the difference. I'd argue that no atom is exactly the same if we had good enough instruments. Well, is that provable, though? I think so. Um, I mean, at least on a, like, philosophical level, you can, like, you can prove it in theory easily. Uh, We don't have the technology to prove it in practice. But um, the fact that they're... So so sorry. I just want I just want to clearly delineate like where the conversation is. So the difference. So you're so okay. So that's one one level. So that's like a big level, right? On on the difference yeah. between like two boards. Yeah. How philosophically though can we tell the difference between two different atoms? So it's um it's a matter of like in I already understand this perspective that you're holding, but it's it's a matter of scale. Okay. Um, if we were the size of universes, we would not tell the difference between two boards. Okay. But That's fair. the fact that atoms right. can be broken into smaller subparts and then those smaller subparts can be broken into smaller subparts means they're put together in a very similar structure to the way that a board would be. I see. Or the way that a molecule no, would that be. That makes sense then. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I get we that. We just can't zoom in deep enough. Right. Not yet. Right. You're right. Exactly. Um, 
Yeah, because as far as we know, it never ends getting smaller. Right. Right. Uh, if there's infinite degrees of smaller, then like, it, then it actually does beg the question if you use different atoms, if it's the same person still. Yeah. Because technically, we don't know be. the building blocks inside the building blocks. Right. right? Okay. No, that, that's fair. That's fair. Um, and that's more of like a sci- like a scientific well question that right. Will be so that's why, from a philosophical level, we can make the statement and right. kind of be done with it. But from also from a that, scientific level, how far down yeah. does it get? Would that be we correct? That, that that would be an application of statistics where we could look at past um, past trends and then go, well, we've continued to find things smaller, so therefore we probably will be continue to find things smaller. I, okay, so I what mean, practice? Because I'm, I'm, I'm wondering, like, what practice would be would be using that? To, what, so, what, I mean, statistics is really dangerous for data extrapolation. Okay. Um, and that's easy enough to show with some shapes where, like, uh, we can take like an exponential graph that curves up, zoom in close enough to any one spot, and it looks like a straight line. Right. And so. The inverse is also doable, yeah. where we think we have a straight line, but we actually have an exponential growth. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. And so that's where the extrapolation becomes dangerous of like, well, this has always been, so we'll keep going. Right. Well, by the best um, guess, you know. Right. And, and that's where the, the real question is, do we have any reason to believe it will change? Yeah. Because right? if there's reasonable doubt to the current model, mm-hmm. then that's... And so um, when atoms were first postulated the thought was that they were the smallest right. workable piece of matter right um that's now been known to be false right. and right now i as far as i know and i'm not an expert on this but mm-hmm. as far as i know right now quarks are the smallest known subatomic i think particle. so i think that's a common consensus yeah but then like i don't know i don't know what like a higgs boson technically is and i don't know what its size technically um, is but so it's just it's adding complexity leptons. right okay yeah. Thank you, Google. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but um, there's – I don't – I think philosophically there has to be an endpoint. Because um, otherwise it would be an infinity. Right. And I, I think that's a real-life practical application of an infinite regress. Yeah. And I just – I don't think that those are logically possible. Well, no, because otherwise they never get to here. Like, that's exactly. the thing with infinity. The same thing with time. Like, why can't, time can't be Well, infinite. time's the easy one, yeah. right? Because otherwise like you'd never get Physical space is today. a much harder one to talk about. Um, yeah. Zeno, uh, the Greek mathematician, postulated that motion was impossible because before I can move yeah. any distance, you I have, have to move, move half, half of it. Yeah, exactly. And thus proved that there has to be a smallest measure of movement because otherwise motion would be impossible. That's hilarious. Because I yeah. knew about the beginning of that. I never knew, I never knew about so, the, the second half of that, though. Well, neither did Zeno, um, because <laughs> oh, okay. the math that he had available to him at the time told yeah. him motion was impossible. Uh, it wasn't until calculus was discovered that we were able to understand that idea, and where Zeno kind okay. of fell short. Um, yeah. Just out of curiosity, is, do you know what he like, thought about after that, Like after he came to that conclusion? Do you, do you um, know? So... Zeno, I, I know that there were three different ways that he posted the problem okay. so that people would understand it. Uh, um, my favorite one is um, if Achilles were to race a turtle and give yeah. the turtle a head start, Achilles would lose. Yeah. So he has <laughs> to make half of the distance. Exactly. Between, well, yeah. uh, before he can get to where 
before he can pass the turtle, he must get to where the turtle currently is. Yeah. By the time he's done this, the turtle has moved forward. Yeah. Exactly. Now, before he can pass the turtle, he must get to where the turtle is by the time he's done. Oh, yeah, right. Right. Um, I don't I don't know anything else about Zeno. Okay, you don't. Okay. I was just curious. Um, you t- talk about that off the top of your head. My, uh, my like, introduction to him was kind of, th- this is the way it was stated to me, mm-hmm. was, uh, now Zeno wasn't, wasn't a fool. He recognized that he could move, and so he spent the rest of his life trying to figure out why and never figured it out interesting that's what i was told okay okay because <laughs> i was just imagining him like i can't move then i'm just going like sitting there just going like well <laughs> <laughs> no so Zeno, Zeno i know recognized that motion of course i mean of was course, possible yeah. but couldn't figure out the why that would be and a- he's like mathematically it's not possible um yeah but he just didn't know calculus yeah exactly <laughs> which is hilarious. which is like it's always interesting to me that, like, just the math just didn't exist. Oh, it did. Well, I mean, it, it, we didn't discover, discover it. Is yeah. that the right word? Yeah, okay, fine. Yeah. You know, you know I what I mean. Get, we didn't have I the actually knowledge. get really we, offended when people say things like, Newton invented calculus. Well, he didn't, yeah, he didn't invent it. No, um, he didn't. He <laughs> discovered it. He mined it. Yes. Um, but, I mean, that, I guess also that ties into our knowledge is that he just didn't have the knowledge of, exactly. of calculus. Yeah. Calculus Which is kind of funny because as a as a math teacher, I, I tell students all the time when they ask me questions, like yeah. take calculus. This like the question you ask can't be answered without it. Yeah, so, exactly. Take calculus. Yeah, like, and then they take calculus and regret their entire right. Decision. Well, no, they they never listen to me. They just don't care enough about the problem. Uh, which well, actually, Zeno's paradox made me take calculus, which is really? why I majored in math and why I teach. Oh, math. really? So I cared enough about the oh, problem. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's an interesting little origin story. I've never right, heard before. <laughs> okay. Huh. Um, but yeah, I think that's that, the abbreviated version of it. Well, but yeah, yeah sure. I also tell that story as like a professor lied to me and tricked me into taking calculus. <laughs> he's still my favorite professor, so I'm not, I'm not mad. Oh, that's great. Yeah, so that's, I mean, does that, I think, does that bring a nice little conclusion to... Um, to the ship of th- Theseus? The ship of Theseus, I think. Like, yeah. I, I do have one more question, yeah. depending on where we're at on time. Well, I mean, we're still good. We're great. Cool. We're great. Yeah, we'll do one more then. Um, this one, I'm going to read you a story okay. the way that I've done before. Okay. I'm looking um, forward to it. And I'm just going to – I'm going to read it one paragraph at a time. And after each paragraph, I'm going to ask you the same question. Okay. Okay. All right. Ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. Sammy was a normal, healthy boy. There was nothing in his life to indicate that he was anything different than anyone else. When he completed high school, he obtained a job in a factory, operating a machine press. On this job, he had an accident and lost his hand. It was replaced with an artificial hand that looked and operated almost like a real one. Is Sammy alive? (laughs) What? Is Samuel alive? Yes. Why wouldn't he be? So your answer is yes? Yeah. I, I okay. feel a trick coming, but okay. Yes. Uh, soon afterward. Oh, I know where this is going. De- oh, no. I know you do, but we're going to Go ahead. Do it. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I thought you'd get that a little bit sooner. But <laughs> well, I was just... I thought I as soon just, as I asked the question, ca- you'd be like... It caught me by su- so much surprise that I was just stunned. Okay. Um, soon afterward, Sammy developed a severe intestinal difficulty and a large portion of his lower intestine had to be removed. It was replaced with an elastic silicone tube. 
Is Sammy alive? Yes. Everything looked good for Sammy until he was involved in a serious car accident. Both of his legs and his good arm were crushed and had to be amputated. He also lost an ear. Artificial legs enabled Sammy to walk again, and an artificial arm replaced the real arm. Plastic surgery enabled doctors to rebuild the ear. Is Sammy alive? hate you um <laughs> i feel like i'm just slowly giving birth and i'm in pain um i don't know don't ask why that's just the first thing that came to mind um because yes. you you know what that feels like <laughs> um, uh yes samuel i would still consider samuel to be alive cool over the next several years sammy was plagued with internal disorders first he had to have an operation to remove his aorta and replace it with a synthetic vessel. Next, he developed a kidney malfunction, and the only way he could survive was to use a kidney dialysis machine. No donor was found for a kidney transplant. Later, his digestive system became cancerous and was removed. He received nourishment intravenously. Finally, his heart failed. Luckily for Sammy, a donor heart was available and he had a heart transplant. Is Sammy alive? Yes. Okay. It was now obvious that Sammy had become a medical phenomenon. He had artificial limbs, nourishment was supplied to him through his veins, therefore he had no solid wastes. The kidney dialysis machine removed all waste material. The heart that pumped his blood to carry oxygen and food to his cells was not his original heart. But Sammy's transplanted heart began to fail. He was immediately placed on a heart-lung machine. This supplied oxygen and removed carbon dioxide from his blood, and it circulated blood through his body. Is Sammy alive? Yes. The doctors consulted bioengineers about Sammy. Because almost all of his life-sustaining functions were being carried on by a machine, it might be possible to compress all of these machines into one mobile unit, which would be controlled by electrical impulses from Sammy's brain. This unit would be equipped with mechanical arms to enable him to perform manipulative tasks. A mechanism to create a flow of air over his vocal cords might enable him to speak. To do all this, they would have to amputate at the neck and attach his head to the machine, which would then supply all nutrients to his brain. Sammy consented, and the operation was successfully performed. Is Sammy alive? Yes. Okay. Sammy's functioned well for a few years. However, a slow deterioration of his brain cells was observed and was diagnosed as terminal. So the medical team that had developed around Sammy began to program his brain. A miniature computer was developed. It could be housed in a machine that was human-like in appearance movement, and mannerisms. As the computer was installed, Sammy's brain cells completely deteriorated. Sammy once again able to leave the hospital with complete assurance that he would not return with biological illnesses. Is Sammy alive? Wait, does he... Wait, sorry, I might have missed it. Does, it, does Is his brain still intact, or is that... Was that... Was you said that was digitalized? As the computer was installed, Sammy's brain cells completely deteriorated. Okay, that's okay. I would say we have no idea. There's no, no way, idea. There's no way to prove that if he's alive okay. or not. Okay. 
I, that's where I knew. Okay, so that's why I knew where this is going. Um, and I was actually wondering where I would act. I, I, I was surprised. I thought I might have gone earlier. But I think that well, the core of it is that what we know is that if your brain's firing, that's how we define, that's how, we've, that's how we can come to a consensus that if your brain's firing and you give motions, if you give signals, if you give like the common signals of being alive, um, you know, talking, communicating, communicating that you're alive in some way, we can say, okay, there's no other way you could be doing this, right? Whereas with a computer, there is another way, is that that could just be a program someone wrote and you could be dead. But there's no way to tell. There's like, and that becomes a difference, is that, is that machine then alive? Is that machine him? Is it a different person? Is it a person at all that needs to be, that has rights? I don't know. <laughs> so can I can I just tell you a little backstory behind this? Yeah. Um, is Sammy alive? Was a story was read to me the first week of class in sophomore biology. Okay. Um, so I, I'm going to tell you the experience, then I'm going to tell you like why I still know this story. Do you <laughs> did you say that? Do you read? Was that were you reading that or was that by memory? I, w- I was reading. That. Oh, okay, okay. I was about to say that was my memory. That that was a really lasting impression. Um, so when we were doing this in class, every time I asked you if Sammy's alive, the teacher had the students raise their hands if they thought Sammy was alive. Mm-hmm. By the end of the story, nobody raised their hand. Yeah. So then the teacher asked, just like pretty candidly, was like, "When did Sammy die?" Yeah. Um, and. Her whole point of bringing it up, because it was a biology class, was right. talking about, like, how do we know if something's alive? Yeah. Right? Um, but if you extrapolate the ideas behind what's happening in this story, um, at the beginning, it starts off slow on purpose. Mm-hmm. But they systematically take away signs of life. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. And so in doing that, it, it creates this really interesting thing where when we experience other people, mm-hmm. like... If you don't have a heartbeat, you're dead. Right. But you're not. Like, we can resuscitate you. Right. We can, like, there's things that can be done, right? Um, so, anything that we would define as, like, how we know that somebody is alive doesn't work in all cases. Yeah. But experientially, we know when somebody's dead. Like, we can tell, regardless of all those signs, if what I'm looking at is alive or not. Okay. Which is really interesting. Um, and to me, it suggests that life has something more to do than just with the physical body. Yeah. But the reason that I remembered it was it was really the first strong example of like critical thinking that I could see practical application to. Yeah. Um, and it's actually, I've seen the same thought process, the same logical structure Mm -hmm. in some, I'm going to get a little political uh, in some arguments that like, I've like, I really resonate with the arguments, yeah. but like, um, so one about like the whole, um, like pro-life pro-choice. Right. Um, I, I loved the speaker who I li- listened talk about this. They started off by saying, I don't think that's an aptly named debate. It's not, it's, it's a, it's a marketing, it's a marketing. Well, like in, in reality, yeah. it's not pro-life pro-choice because nobody is 
at least he's like at least nobody I've met. If you're if you're if this right. doesn't define you, then we should talk. But but nobody's advocating for the murder of children. Right. We're yeah. arguing about a definition. We're arguing about yes. when is it alive. Exactly. It's not pro-life, pro-choice. It's what is life. Exactly. That's the real debate. Yeah. Um, and then I watched the um, the speaker do the same thing that this story does right. in trying to pinpoint when is something alive. Yeah. And in every single case that he could come up with, he could find a counterexample, a real-life statistical counterexample of somebody having had that happen who lived. Yeah. Yeah, um, and so he was just able to string this long, and it was why he was like against abortion because mm-hmm. he's like the only the only thing that I can see that's truly different is inception, right? Like, can, like that's when that's the distinction, um, and it really resonated with me. But yeah. it was the same logical argument, right? Exactly. Well, exactly. So, and that's why I actually don't know, like. I don't watch that debate really a whole lot. Um, like, I, I haven't at all. That's yeah, like, but that's I wonder. All I got but <laughs> on it, I honestly wonder how that's countered. That argument, yeah. Um, I've seen that speaker because I watch him for different reasons. Yeah, on that topic a lot, mm-hmm. and I've seen him like go through it with Q and As. Yeah, but I haven't seen him debated against someone who's like. Right. Who actually? Word, yeah. Right? Ready. Right. When he when he Q and As it when I've seen him interact with it. He, I have only ever seen people concede to his point. Yeah. Because, I've only ever seen him can persuade people right. to agree with him. Because either you pick a point and you stick with it, and I know some people do. Some mm-hmm. people are like, no, when it's this timing or this, like, this is my point. Let's stick to it. Right. I'm like, well, that's arbitrary. Like, that's just your opinion. Right. And that's your emotional, that's, that's your emotional opinion. And you have a right to that. Um, but it, it is very, it is very interesting. Um, yeah, I, I kind of forgot about I forgot about like that. That's like the most practical application. But also, um, when it and comes I've seen to pronouncing a lot of other things death, too. Say again. When, when it comes to pronouncing death, right? Or pulling yeah. the plug, right? And that's another good one too. Like, uh, I mean, if having no heartbeat was actually a like proof of death, we wouldn't have like resuscitation practices. Exactly. Well, people right? would. I mean, and people like I love stories about people who are like in coffins, ready to be buried, and wake up. Yeah, um, I, that sounds terrifying. I don't well, like that no, story no, at all, no, 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 no. I mean, I mean, okay. I was sorry, let me clarify the ones that aren't oh. buried yet. The idea of being buried and waking up is one of the most terrifying nightmares I'll ever have, and that's why I just like don't even give me a chance. <laughs> like, make sure of it. Um, <laughs> like Luke's like I want to be like beheaded. I want to be shot in the head yeah. and cremated. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everything like. scattered to different galaxies. Um no, I I honestly I mean but um but yeah, that is it, it's the definition of when something is dead. I know medically there's there's I mean you can be brain dead, your heart can be stopped. Your what is it? Someone I used to know. Your brain, your heart stops beating. Your brain waves stop waving. Um, but but sometimes people still recover. Exactly. Right. And there's cases of that. Exactly. So it's not. It's not. This isn't just philosophical. This is actually practical. It's practical. Right. Which makes it really interesting. I know to me too because I love you know I love practical things that that you can apply. so when is something dead? I mean, I would say, like, for my point, once something starts to decay, then it's no longer, the cells aren't reproducing, right? So cells aren't reproducing, right? 
Is it, is it dead? I don't know. Let's give it four days and find out. Well, exa- <laughs> I mean, I mean, honestly, like, no. But that's that's the weird thing, though, is like um, experientially, we do know. We can't pinpoint why we know, but we know. I don't know. Can we though? Like, like if I see like an animal, so like this has happened all the time, right? I used to live out in the country. Okay, there's so animals I guess... all over the place. Sometimes they're dead. Sometimes they look like they're dead. Sometimes they're just like napping. Like, like there's okay, a... but if you were actually with an animal and you watched it die, you would know the moment it died. That's that's what I'm getting at. You, like, not that we can walk up on something and know whether it's alive or not, because like possums. But if you're with it when it dies, you know it died. Is do you, I mean I wouldn't have I don't have enough experience to actually make a claim either way. Okay. I'll concede. Oh, dude, you almost let there be three year, three seconds of silence there. That would have been crazy. <laughs> Dead well, airwaves. I'm, I'm thinking. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think that's that's more of a. I would say that's where going back to knowledge, right? Is that you might know you might know that it's dead. Um, but then again, it might be the, the clock might have just thought, no, that's a bad analogy. Um, <laughs> um, it's like great analogy. <laughs> I know, because then the clock might have stopped and I'm like, wait, no, then the, that means it's dead. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, sure. Yeah. I'll concede that point because I have no way of saying otherwise. I think um, that's a claim that would completely depends on the person and their ability to recognize that. So I haven't been in high school for like eight years. Okay. I went back to my high school eight years later, found my science teacher and got this from her. Got what? And I told her, it was like this story you read us about, oh. like, is the kid alive or not? She's like, Oh yeah, Sammy. I'm like, <laughs> do you, do you have that? Cause like I've tried and I, and one of the reasons I was never able to find it online was cause I didn't know the kid's name was Sammy. Oh, okay. Um, I thought the kid's name was Johnny which right. is just a slight mismemory, right. but I couldn't find it. Um, now I can find it because I know the kid's name Sammy, and it's that's, online. It's funny, though, that, that it's that one name that changes everything about your right? search. Um, <laughs> but uh, I asked her, and I told her, I was like, literally, like in high school, I remember conversations. I remember the ways that certain teachers made me feel. Yeah. I remember one lesson from high school. Like, <laughs> and she's like, this is the only thing you remember from high school? And I'm like, yeah. yeah, actually, like I can tell you, I have I have one high school teacher. I can tell you everything about him, uh, but I can't tell you a single thing he taught me. Right? Like, yeah. Um, and that's just. Oh yeah, like, yeah. That, it's funny though. I uh, that's funny. I didn't think about that. Yeah, there are some professors I've had that I remember. There's there's their travels where they've traveled to, what they've experienced, right? And uh, nope, can't <laughs> tell you a single thing <laughs> from that actual class that I remember. Yeah. That's hilarious. Those were well, and those well, are my sad, three questions. The, the education. Yeah, I mean, it's such a, it's such a. I don't know. That one gets me a lot. Mainly, it's funny how well Sammy ties into the ship of Theseus, right? Well, yeah. Well, it does. And, like they all tie into each other really well, and I didn't know that when I picked the questions. <laughs> <laughs> so, I would say, I think there's a difference here. I think there's a certain point. And then, of course, this is hypothetical, so it's dealing with futuristic medicine abilities. Maybe. I mean... Kind of. I've I seen mean, The Million Dollar Man. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
That's like from the 80s or something. It's old. I think it's older than that. I've never seen it. My parents mention it, so, I mean, it must be ancient. Um, I think there's two points here. Do they listen? They're going to be so mad at you. Um, They might listen to this. I mean, the first we just launched the first episode as of like... 54. It was in the... Really, the 50s? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, now they're going to be really insulted. Um, <laughs> okay, but no, 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 no. Okay. The, it must not be. Maybe it's the billion dollar man. Is it the billion dollar man? No, it's the million dollar man. Okay, because this doesn't look right. Oops. I don't know. Maybe you watch something different. Um, so I think there's two points, though, to, to actually for this. One, the six billion dollar man. That's oh, a the six. One. Okay, maybe that's. I think that's something different. Yeah. Um, yeah. When was that? I don't know. It doesn't say right there on Google. Google didn't no, give you all the answers right, right away. How could it no. not do that? How dare it right, make you search for answers when it not just give you it right? How dare it? It should know what I'm going to ask before I ask and answer before I ask. Right? Well, I mean, yeah. it already kind of does. And then as soon as it does that, I like cancel my Google Exactly, yeah, because it's too creepy. <laughs> Because I have a I have a Google subscription. That's the way it works. It's not a free <laughs> yeah, platform. Definitely. Um, so anyway, I think honestly, there's two points when it comes to is he alive. One, I would say there's a standard of living that that's personal. And once you cross that standard of living, then that's where a point where you can go. That's where like I would say that's the pull the plug point to where you say, I mean, it's not getting any better. I'm worsening. And of course, I mean, and this is, I don't think this would really apply in this situation because he's being like kept alive by modern, like by miracles, right? Um, and that's the point where that's the personal decision where it's like function, I may still be alive, but functionally speaking, I have, I, it's, I have so few, what's, what's the way I'm trying to say it? There's so few, um, I'm able to exi- the way I'm able to exhibit them alive is almost non-existent, right? Yeah. So I might have like a heartbeat, but I might be like in a coma for you know five years, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. I think that's a different point. I think that's a point, and of course, and that's not a hard definition because it depends on the disease, it depends on the condition of the pe- person, their personal wants and desires. Like that's you know that's their personal thing. So I think that's a different condition. To that, that's the difference between being functionally alive and being dead. Um, I would say, I think, I mean, if you were to add, if you were to put a gun to my head and say, "Is Sammy alive or dead?" at the end, I would say he's dead. I would, I would too, because at that yeah. point, until we have a greater understanding of. Of um, I I not AI. I guess AI. I guess machine learning of artificial intelligence in general. Until we have a better understanding of that, um, we don't know. See, I'm actually. I don't think that we can have a better understanding of that. So really, um, I'm I'm gonna give two examples or two reasons. Um. One's a hypothetical like example that was used to make this point in um, in machine learning. Okay. Uh, so a a man, an English speaking man, is locked in a room with a large thesaurus that does single word by single word translations between English 
and Mandarin. Yeah. yeah. He is given no access to the outside world. He can't hear what's happening on there, but mm-hmm. there's a mail slot. And they slide in Mandarin notes to him. Right. He uses this thesaurus to figure out what they say, and then uses the same thesaurus to write a response and send it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From the outsider's perspective, whatever's inside knows Mandarin. Yeah. You're using up all our thought experiments on this episode, by the way. <laughs> you're really, you're really taking away from our base of uh, <laughs> this. No, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm messing around. With have, you, have you heard this one? Yeah, I have. This one's not on our list. No, it's That's not. Funny no, it's not on one. our list. I just, I just know this one. Okay. Yeah. I didn't. I, I don't know why, but it kind of surprises me that you know this one. Really? Anyway, well, yeah. It's just like it's the kind of thought experiment that only really shows up in like AI. At least in my well, I guess maybe I heard it. I think I heard it in when I was learning about AI. Maybe then. Okay. Um, but um, yeah, but basically, it's you can't tell whether they. He can well, speak right. You Mandarin can't tell that that thing doesn't know Mandarin. Right. Um, and then so the hard part when you're actually looking at programming is that we can make something that responds in such a way that the user interface, our interaction with it, tells us. Like we can literally ask it, "What are you thinking about?" Yeah. And it responds in a way that seems genuine. We can ask if it feels pain, and it says yes. Yeah. And then it can respond to like pain sensors as like the way that we would respond. Right. That doesn't tell us one way or another if it feels anything. Yeah. Or if it's just responding the way it was programmed to. Well, then the, then it becomes the question of what is life? Like, can is it? Would it be moral to disassemble a robot? You know, mm. and or to wipe Ooh. its memory. Let's th- have we talked about the Star Wars universe and robots? I think you and I talked about it. I don't think we talked okay. about it on the podcast. Okay. Because that's something that seriously bugs me about the Star Wars universe. Yeah. It's very clear that those droids have emotions right. and feelings yeah. and fear and pain. Yeah. And they make them and then torture them. Yeah. Like, they, what? They wipe their memory. Oh, yeah. It's very... Well, that's what... Honestly, that's what bothered me. Like, bothered me and also didn't bother... Like, um, about the... Whichever one of the newest garbage movies that the droid like rebelled, and the droids like leading a droid revolution for their droid. Oh, rights. you're talking about. Um, I forget which a, one. Artificial intelligence with Will Smith. No, 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 no. The Star Wars movie. Oh no! <laughs> oh I no, the Will seen Smith it. one isn't that um is that it called AI? I thought it was. I thought it was a different one. The one with well, or sort of two with Will Smith. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if there's two robot movies uh, about AI with Will Smith. Um, no, it's called uh, iRobot. Oh, it is iRobot. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Well, that's exactly that's the same thing. Um, yeah. But you're right. There is no way to tell. Um, and that's it's terrifying how close we're getting to that reality. Yeah. So and already you can you can have chats with with chatbots and you can't tell if they're human or not. Um, are there chatbots that are actually that good? Yeah. I mean, they're very, they're experimental. I mean, they're very, um, I think they're experimental to like certain subjects. I forget. I, I've I seen demos. I haven't seen good chatbots yet. I, like I liked the theory a couple years ago, but I never publicly, saw one that worked they're out. They're not publicly available. Okay. Um, yeah. These are experimental ones. Um, I've seen demos that they've, I, I forget. I saw, I did see a video where they're testing where they asked the person whether they think that it's real or not. And the person, it was, I think it, I think it was, I think it was 50, 50, or I think it was more, it might've leaned towards more towards human. Um, this is a while, this is like a year ago. So I have, I don't have any context for this. Um, but yeah, we're That's very funny. rapidly approaching that. Not necessarily making AI, but making something that appears to be a, uh, actually intelligent. And if it appears to be AI, is it? Well, exactly. 
that's where the definition comes in. I think, well, and then the other thing too, like in my, I have a fine line that like, if we can make machines that can literally learn. Yeah. Like that's a big thing to me. Um, yeah. and, and to a certain extent we can, cause we have like smart buildings that will change their temperature based on sensors on yeah. how hot it is outside. And like, but that's, stimuli that's, a, response. that's a type of, right. Um, but the, the real question is like, uh, there are, there are, um, computing algorithms that are self-correcting as well. Yeah. And that's, that kind of feels like learning, but it's also just input. Yeah. So do we learn in a way that's different than just stimulus anyway? Like, oh my gosh, the line's getting so fuzzy. <laughs> well, and, and, and I think also, I think this will break out even more questioning about also about more animal rights, about, well, they clearly feel, they clearly oh, yeah. have um, some kind of emotion. They have bonds. Um, is it right to kill them if they have a bond? With, is it right to kill like a mother? Let's say like a because I know pigs are held up. They're very intelligent. They're held up as like the animal you should not eat. Right. That's I a think bacon. What, right. I'm saying like from animal <laughs> rights activists. I'm not okay. saying I am one. Um, I mean, I'm to a certain not. extent. I, I mean, like bacon I mean, obviously we don't. Like the unnecessary torture and stuff. That's whatever. Yeah, that's another conversation for another day. Um, but I don't think we get into AI today. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Well, see, that's but that's the thing is that um, when when a lot of these animal rights activists, especially the m- most aggressive ones, um, the pigs I think are the are the big sticking point because they're very intelligent. They do have bonds. They're able to understand. Like they're on a level where. If we encounter them, we'd probably more want to make them pets, or you know, st- and actually use them, um, not necessarily use them as a food source, but as a different source of something, right? Um, who knows what? Um, mm. So, and of course, you know, all whatever animals. But that's a very interesting topic. Is that well, you know, is it immoral? Because they have bonds, they can, you know, they it, they miss. Like parent, the kids will miss the parents in some level of respect. We can observe them being disturbed about the loss of um of a another animal they're bonded with. So is it wrong to then kill that other to kill that animal if it's causing harm? Right. I'm I'm gonna weigh in here. Okay. I got I got a perspective. Okay. This is this is what I have to add to this type of. And I'm not saying I believe this. I'm saying this is something I've okay. actually been thinking about lately as I've been shifting my diet. This- for many other reasons, but I this, this this is what I have to weigh in. This is this is my extent of understanding and belief in right. this topic. Um, I love sushi. Like, I love sushi. Yeah, uh, it's I love one sushi of my too. Yeah. Um, there are probably two things from the ocean I've ever tried that I didn't like. Okay. Um, one of them sea urchin. Okay. Yeah. Like, I, I don't do sea urchin. Yep, that's respectable. Um, and then the other one is like and it's weird but like i've never had a type of tuna that i liked but oh that's random okay does, right um but there is there is one thing more than like sea urchin i thought was gross i didn't like it at all mm-hmm. i was much more upset when i tried octopus upset uh, oh because you liked it so I, much mm-mm. oh you didn't like wait what so octopus is kind of spongy in texture yeah and very very bland Okay. It will take on the flavor of whatever you do to it. Right. Kind of like soy. Right. And so because we have soy, 
which will take on the flavor, whatever you do to it. Yeah. And has a very similar texture. Yeah. Like my thought when I tried octopus was that is not worth killing a sentient creature. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Like I was, I was like, I was offended by that. Wow. But then like you can look back and be like, so if I would have thought it was really good, I wouldn't have been upset. <laughs> yeah. See, and I don't, I don't think that's right or yeah, dependable, but like if yeah. it tastes good, I would be like, See, yeah, I love <laughs> octopus is one of my favorite things in the world. I love it. Oh really? I love it so much. Um, I love seafood. I mean, seafood in general is I can never, I can't get enough. Like shrimp, scallop, uh, like octopus, lobster, like throw it all in my mouth and just let me guzzle it down. Right. Uh, with a pound of butter. Um, you and I, we have very similar tastes. Yeah, we, we do. Can be friends. Um, so, <laughs> but that's the thing is that like octop- and octopus and, and squid are, are another another example of an animal that's very intelligent. Like the you do you remember that story? It went around. It was it went kind of viral around a while ago. Where the where the I forget if it was a squid or octopus. I forget which which specific version uh, type of the animal it was. Um, if I'm using the words right of like species or whatever. Um, but it observed the night guards on their rounds. It then for, it then escaped. You, it, it, um, it observed the guards, so and then it knew its rounds. So then it escaped, avoiding the guards because it knew where it was on the exact times it knew where they were rounding. And it was able to escape. So that that was Finding Dory. That is not. A no, real no, life. no. It was real. Wait, no. I know it's Finding. <laughs> no, that Dory. literally happened in Finding I Dory. Know it, I know it happened in Finding Dory. Wait, Octo Octopus Escape um, Tank to eat fish. Luke think, doesn't understand oh, no, movies aren't real, guys. Fish. That's what it was. That's what it was. Then real. National Geographic. Here we go. Here it is. Okay, here's the story. It's in New Zealand. Um, no. Okay, I forget. Okay, I'm mixing up my stories. There's, there's several stories of this happening, and I think I might be combining some of them. Um, no, I do not want to sign in to read your stupid article. Um, also, parrots can die of boredom, which is sad. Um, but um, see, I think it's, I forget which octopus, but basically, from what I remember about this particular story, is they noticed fish were missing out of this tank. And the octopus every night would escape as soon as the guard left. And it make it back in time by the time the next guard came in, um, or the time the guard came back on its rounds, and it would then it would it would steal fish from neighboring tanks. Um, but I mean, so that's like things like that the, bringing into like, I mean, I think wrapping up in consciousness, knowledge, um, you know, like life. Uh, it, We're wrapping I mean, up consciousness, knowledge, and life. We did a lot. <laughs> we, I mean, we. Did. I don't think we wrapped up any of these topics. Yeah, just to be but, clear. But um, it is, and I think I'll save my topic for next time. Um, since we've already okay. been running a little while. Um, it, are we? Yeah. What's the time I mean, point? We'll, we'll see where this goes. Um, I'm not nearly done, but uh, <laughs> but I think that's like that. I don't really know under like. How do you think we can answer that question, though? Is it with what philosophy? Question? Is it with science? Under, basically understanding, like, is it, is it moral to kill? Especially, well, we can start, we can start with, the, with the animals that are closely, most closely sentient to us, right? Okay. Um, you'll have the, have the, I don't know, is it measured by brain mass, intelligence? Basically, the most intelligent of the animals, right? Let's see, let's see. What are the most, most intelligent animals? White-tailed deer, animals. Here we turkeys. go. Turkeys. Turkeys. 
What? Mm-hmm. Wait. Turkeys, white-tailed deer. Dolphin, um, elephant. Octopus. Chimpanzee, octopus, oh. parrot, crows. Crows is another one. They, like, pass on things from generation to generation, um, which is crazy. So somehow they communicate um, ideas and, and aggression and tips um, from generation to generation. Uh, the parrots. Yeah, basically all kinds of dolphins. Oh, the raven. A border collie. That's interesting. That's not what I expected at all. Dogs are smart, bro. Yeah. Huh. That's interesting. And it's funny because a lot of, I mean, um, I guess a pig is pretty far down the track, actually. Which is interesting to me. I thought they were much higher on the spectrum. Maybe they're just the highest of the animals we typically yeah, I think, farm and raise yeah, for food. Yeah, I think so. Because all chi- I mean, chickens, I mean, as someone who's raised chickens, they're the dumbest things on the planet. I have chickens. You have chickens, too? Yeah, I love chickens. They're funny. I, I, yeah, I love the chickens, <laughs> too. It's just so stupid. They would. But I don't like chicken. Oh, so. you don't like chicken? Really? No. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of the worst of the meats. I think anyone can agree on that. It's- but I don't like poultry. Like, oh, really? I don't like turkey. I don't like chicken. I haven't had duck, but duck. Honestly, yeah. from what I remember, I think I've had duck once, and it was really good. Um, yeah, I'm willing to try it. Yeah. I just duck eggs are something I really want to try because apparently those are really nice little rich um, egg. Um, it's that's and that's well, that's I mean, so yeah, I mean, do you? My my question, and maybe we'll just leave it at that question, right? Is that how do we how do we to just rephrase how is how would we decide if it's moral or not to kill something that's living? I mean, this is a conversation about ethics, morality. It's it's a philosophical conversation, right? Um, and I mean, to that, like scientific advancement can give us information, exactly. But the answer is philosophical, right? So, like, it's- let's just say. For sake of argument, that we discover that a specific animal, say pigs, mm-hmm. um, actually thinks almost identically to how humans think. They create bonds the way we do. They share emotions. They they tell the kids like stories to lull them to sleep at night. Uh-huh. Like they they are incredibly like human esque. Right. Uh-huh. They just communicate so differently that we never knew that before. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. That information lends itself to the philosophical debate. Um, and actually, um, I, th- I think a sticking point in this debate will be that, that argument's sake, let's say that that is known information. Yeah. Um, there's going to be a huge sticking point to the fact that the majority of people in the world today still believe religions that doctrine that that animal is waiting for us to eat. Yeah. Right? And so, in that point, the majority of the world's populace shouldn't care. Doesn't mean they won't. Yeah. But their doctrine said, "I'm supposed to eat that." Like, yeah. Well. Um, and also, though. Oh, and I'm remembering. So there's a quote by somebody. I forget who it is, but he said, "Is it moral when the shark eats the seal, or is it moral when the lion hunts down a gazelle?" He said, "Is that ethical? Right. Why? Like? Why? Like? Is it unethical?" Like, I think that's it, Jordan Peterson. Is it Jordan Peterson? I'll bet it's Jordan Peterson. That sounds like him. I was doing it in, 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 the, in the Canadian accent. Then is it? Is it? No, I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I started. I just started going to like British or something. Um, a really bad British accent. 
But I mean, I think that's kind of where a lot of it goes is that it's nature. Here's the, here's the legitimate counter argument to that though. Biologically, Everything about our biology says that we are not carnivores. Well, yeah. Well, exactly. Well, I was, I was about to. Yeah, that was my. <laughs> that was another. That was like three steps down the line. Oh, um, my my favorite argument I've ever heard about it. I, I love this, and it was probably the most convincing thing that ever got me close to being like vegetarian. Yeah. As um, a speaker talking on, uh, there's this there's this thing that every animal naturally does that they're really good at in determining whether or not they can eat something. Mm-hmm. They look at the thing in nature. And the way that they find it in nature, if they can't eat it, they don't. Humans, we don't do that. We look at a thing in nature that the way we found it, we cannot eat it. And then we do a process called cooking, which changes it on a molecular level so that we can eat it. Interesting. But we cannot eat raw meat. Right. Our teeth were not designed to eat meat. Right. Our digestive systems were not designed to eat meat. So in nature, we would not have eaten it, except we knew because we had discovered fire, right. that we could change it on a molecular level to be something that we can eat. Yeah. Every other animal in the world would have left that alone because we can't eat it. It makes us sick. Yep. And there's a scientific... I remember hearing this and I wanted to back it up with some kind of research. Um, um, is that... This is Scientific America uh, article talking about how um, all, most of human ancestors were vegetarians. Right. Um and it is interesting. Like, and a lot of it too is it's a lot of it is marketing. I mean, let's be honest. Um, marketing habit and people being and being comfortable. Because I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I love steaks so much, and I love fish and like that kind of things. Like, they they're like some of the most they satisfying. Taste good. Yeah, exactly. They taste good. They're <laughs> some of the most satisfying things um, that I can do is consume those um, those things. So it is. I think that is actually an interesting. Maybe an interesting place to kind of wrap down the conversation um, on that, um, whether it's moral or not. Um, on one hand, you know, it's it na- nature's an awful, cruel place where everything right. is eaten and destroyed and tortured and killed, um, and even like and on the most disgusting, horrible things happen. Um, so to say that killing and eating is immoral isn't necessarily a justification you could then you, you, the argument could be made about treatment and saying well the way maybe the killing isn't but the treatment of them before they're killed is immoral then i'm like okay you actually have standing then um because that's not <laughs> way nature doesn't do that nature doesn't you know so you uh so you completely reject the idea that we weren't supposed to eat that what do you mean and you're like no it, it, it's still moral for us to kill it because we we could find no i don't it, no so. i don't reject that i'm saying is that Compared, I mean, I don't think that's a moral argument. I mean, um, the the maybe Personally, the equivalent think, to that would be asking, um, is it wrong if the lion kills us, kills the gazelle right. and then leaves it? Well, and then that's the thing is that I don't it can't be considered wrong because the lion does. As far as we know, lions don't have free will. They don't. Right. The lion can't do something. They can't commit the land can't do something right or wrong they can't time out slight pause okay slight pause um do you believe that humans have free will yeah okay moving back into this then (laughs) that'll be that'll be a great topic um if you're saying they don't have free will because they are forced to work on like their instinct yeah 
I would still argue that 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 they do have free will because it, it's like a a lion chases a herd and chooses which one to attack. Yeah. But is it punishable? Like, like, can you punish an animal for for doing? Can you, can you like? Do you think? I mean, be, I've trained my cats not to go into my kitchen. Right. That's what. That's where I was going. That, that was the next thing I was thinking of. Um, or training your dog, you know, not to go to the bathroom right. inside. Um, Chris Angel, the magician, he trained his cat to sit when he says sit. Yeah. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say that what the animal did is immoral. I would say that it's a preference on our part for how they behave and it's not hurting them and it helps us. I think it'd be fun to have a longer conversation just on morality No, I think this is. No, this would be actually an interesting conversation um, about free will, especially about free will because I... That's a different one too. That too. Like free will could be a great topic. Yeah. Morals. So stay tuned for a long talk about morals and free will. Um, I think we really wrapped up the conversation. I think, Devin. We've overthought this. We've overthought this. There we go. Thank you. I was was really, really hoping that he would. Wait a minute. Does that mean we have an outro now? Wait, no, we don't don't have an outro. Okay. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, do you want to do plugs? Or no? Oh, you know, we probably should, yeah. actually. Great. Right now, no, oh. great. Right now, all that's in. <laughs> no. You know, okay, this actually. Yeah. Oops. Did I just. Oh, wait. Okay. Um, I thought about this because there's, there's a few podcasts I like that have after shows where they just. Yeah, they talk about. They yeah. run, right? And, like, if we ever have an after show, like, the, like we should just call it, like, the afterthought. Oh. Because that would be so great. Right? Um, That's really good, actually. Wow. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that we will, but if we incorporate it, like that'll be a cool name. Yeah. Um, oh. And uh, this this could be the dry run because we forgot plugs. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So welcome to Afterthought. Um, <laughs> all right, Devin, you want people to find you, stalk you? Hunt you down. Yeah, right now check out speakingindefense.com. We put that together. It's it's pretty. Um, there's not a lot of ways that you can contact me yet, and that so like there's not a lot listed on Overthinking Podcast or on Speaking in Defense. Wait, do we not have a contact form on your website? I, I don't. No, I we, do, we do. No, we do not. No, that's one. I thing. don't want us. To. Oh, you don't want to? Okay, good. No, <laughs> that's um, one less thing. Like not not yet. Okay, and like a big part of it is like I want to have like a domain email right of course of course um, um but yeah but also also overthinkingpodcast.com is up and yeah. Devin, you can get it from Devin. he said it's the best work of art i've ever done which i don't know if that's an insult or not because i don't think that it's that great <laughs> i put it up very quickly and very i think it's beautiful it's well the thing is, is so good you know what did i did i tell you I tr- tried to capture just the chaoticness of this show into a website, yeah. and that's what came out. Is it's, it's pure it's chaos? It's stunning. It, it it does it does so it does justice okay, thank for you. what we do. Thank you very much. Yeah, I, th- I appreciate um, that. And I mean, to the listeners, Luke has made three websites for me. If oh. you count Overthinking okay, Podcast, yeah, yeah. right? That that would be the third that he's right. made. That's been somehow for me. I mean, it's for you too. Yeah. But like. Uh, and I have been thoroughly impressed by all of his work. Okay, good. And I've seen other websites that he's built. And, like, when I first met Luke, I checked out two of his websites that he made for his personal brand. Mm-hmm. 
and they were both super impressive and they've gotten better. Uh-huh. Overthinkingpodcast.com, still my favorite site he's done. Like, <laughs> I was wondering where you're going with that. I'm like, you're trying to sell me as a web designer because I do not do that anymore. Um, <laughs> no, well, thank just, you. You're that. You're extremely good. Oh, thank you. Uh, that's and overthinking podcast is your best. Okay, I'll. I guess I'll take that. Um, <laughs> thanks. I guess. Um, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. You can. Um, I need to get looptmaxwell.com back up. It might actually be up by the time this is out, um, because that cool. serves as a hub for everything. Oh, in fact, no, right now it just redirects to my podcast. So just go ahead, LukeDMax.com. It should, it should redirect, right? Hey, yeah, it redirected to Anchor. Yeah. Wait, well, mine didn't. Oh, because my I have cookies still. Um, that's why. Um, yeah, so it, that just redirects, which is fine because yeah. that's what I'll do right now. But anyway. Hey, this was the episode of your, your podcast I listened to today. Yeah. If you guys haven't checked out Luke's podcast, Communicate with Confidence, that's a good listen, oh, thank too. You. I just, feel, I just yeah. feel so confident. You're just being so nice to me. I don't know. Like, I feel like I need to give back compliments now. I just can't well, think the, of the anything whole to say. Plugs. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, be honest. So if you can't think of anything to say, that speaks volumes. No, Devin. Oh, no. I was about to spoil a surprise. Um, Oh no! I don't want to. This is the other thing. Luke does surprises for no, me. No, no, not time. my surprise for you. <laughs> okay. Um, just a general surprise. Oh, okay. You know, you know what I'm talking about? I maybe. Okay, I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. Um, where are we? I don't even know if this is gonna be in. I don't. Know I think it should be. <laughs> sure. I'll. Fi- I'll. I mean, this is our first episode of Afterthought. Like, we gotta do it. I guess. Huh. We gotta throw it in. Not maybe not all of it. Not all of it. Like, definitely not all. We of can it. just we can just cut it very abruptly, like mid. <laughs>